you're renting these suites to business owners. Mm -hmm. So these people, they don't work for you. They're not employees. They're business owners. They come in, they do what they got to do. They pay their rent on Friday and that's that. So one week out of, out of the four weeks of the month, one week pays for all of your expenses. The other three weeks are yours. So how many, how many suites in it? 22. So 22. My, my location downtown, I've got 22 suites. And how much do you charge per suite? You know, it just depends on the size of the suite and what comes in it. Okay. So the best suites are the ones with windows. Um, you've got, so all of my salon suite businesses have like the, the communal area. How many suites you got? I've got four. Word. Mm-hmm. You got four restaurants and four salon suites? Yep. The salon suites, are they all in, in Atlanta? All of my locations are in Atlanta. Um, I'm looking to do one more here. And then after that, I'm going to expand outside because I'm starting to sell so many franchises, mm -hmm. especially the people that live here in Atlanta. So I don't want to take all the good locations for myself. So you're franchising a salon suite too? Yes, I've sold three so far. Mm -hmm. You out here. And I'm trying. You're not, you're getting it done. <laughs> Golly. Okay. So 22. Mm -hmm. 22 in one location. In one location. Mm -hmm. I want to do a monster one where it's like 40 sweets. my phone? I need to, I need the math to be mathing. Right. Okay, so I would say the average that you can rent uh, each suite for probably about 275 a week. I've got some suites that are double suites that I rent for 400, some that I rent for 350. Um, some that I rent for 200, you know, so about 275 to $300 a week is what you can lease these suites for. So it's about 6,600 a week times four. We got a month and sometimes it's like 30 days, which is more than 28, like yeah. four weeks. Yeah. So this is, the thing. this is the thing. So what I make off of one salon suite, I can make in one week in a restaurant. Okay, so that's why people want to do the restaurants. That's where the real big money is. Mm -hmm. However, if you want just no headache, something that's easy, okay, if, if I got to do two or three of these to equal one restaurant, I'd rather do that because I never have to walk into these. Mm -hmm. Nobody, I've never, nobody has ever tried to sue me with these salon suites. Whatever happened in their little space, that's on them. They got their mm -hmm. own insurance, their own business license. I'm only responsible for the the little common areas, which is the hallway yeah. and the one little reception area. You know what I mean? So it's it's a no-brainer. Then there's other things that you can sell in there to make money. All of mine have like a beauty store in there. So, you know, y'all need something, y'all buy it right here, you know, Ooh. from me. Um, Who runs that store? The receptionist. Okay. Oh, so the receptionist. Yep. But what I'm, okay. what I'm about to start doing is vending machines, putting the products in the vending machine. And then it, so it's even more passive. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast, where we find dope people that did dope stuff. Today is no different. I've been to this young lady's restaurants and uh, I've probably been to some establishments you own that I didn't know you own. You <laughs> out here. You outside. Snoop, what's happening? What's going on? Thank yeah. you for having me. Appreciate it. About time, man. Yeah, about time. About Because I think uh, Rashad hit me one time and I was like, all right, let's do it. And we just never got together because you are really, really busy. Yes. So, sure. so can you like just tell me what it is that you, I know you do a lot, right? Mm -hmm. But some of the things that you do in business as you own. Sure. Of course. Of course. So I have four restaurants here in Atlanta, uh, three of which I own with the Rapper 2 Chains. Uh, we are 
essentially known for our brand Escobar, which we were sued by the Pablo Escobar family. Were so, you? Yes. <laughs> so we had to change it to Esco. So it's now known as Esco. Um, hold on, hold on. So you go through the process of setting up the company. Mm-hmm. You, I would imagine, um, trademark the logo. See, 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 there was some things that we didn't do right. And that's why this happened. There's some learning lessons. Okay. <laughs> Teach the lesson real quick. What happened? Yeah. Um, so basically, we did not trademark our logo. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only thing that we didn't do. And so had we done that, we would have found out that um, that the Escobar family had owned that trademark. And so another thing that we did as an ode to Pablo Escobar. So we actually ended up opening our first location on his birthday. Not even purposely at all. Really? Yeah. It, it was just like... I don't look good in court. Ironically, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and look, we, sounds, we have, it seems we very intentional. Pictures. We had pictures of him in there mm. as well. So they were like, okay, well, y'all are making money. That looks even worse in court. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, nobody is coming because for Pablo Escobar, yeah. they're coming for initially myself, two chains, but now it's the food, the vibe, et cetera. Right. You know? So anyways... My attorney said that basically they were, it really was like a publicity stunt, you know. Um, For them. Right. His brother is supposed to be crazy. Can I say this? I mean, yeah, they, of course. Dangerous people now. Comfort zone right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Right. You know? Maybe not. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, Pablo. I ain't got nothing to do with this, okay? Man, we just told the story. Look, bro, I'm just telling the story, man. Okay. <laughs> But um, but anyways, long story short, they sued us for like ten million. We ended up settling with them for fifteen thousand. So that's why I say it was just like a publicity stunt because mm. who sues you for ten million and then settles for fifteen thousand? <laughs> <laughs> for sure, but it was crazy at the time. I was buying um my dream home that I live in now, and I was going through Bank of America for my mortgage. I have an excellent relationship with them, excellent credit, and they denied me because of the lawsuit. Really? So yeah, that was about probably the the biggest hiccup that it caused. Um, and so we have since franchised ESCO. Esco. And so we had to do it. So so we ended up in the lawsuit. We paid them 15000 And we also um, got the right to, to continue to use the Escobar name. But I said, mm. look, let's just change it to ESCO because only we could use it. Our franchisees would not be able to Called their restaurants Escobar. So hold on, how did how did they sue you and win, but you can still use the name? So we settled with them, and gotcha. this was in the settlement. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. So, um, just very, very important to make sure that you know you do that extra step. A lot of people don't go and trademark their things. This was six years, what, eight years ago when we put together this brand. And so at the time, um, of course I knew about trademarking, but just skip that step. Can't yeah. skip steps, guys. Can't skip steps. <laughs> Goodness yeah. gracious. So um they own the name they own the name Escobar. Do they own the name Escobar or it was they just putting a case together around all the things? They owned it. They they had it trademarked. But and I'm sorry, we're gonna get into other parts, but don't they have to trademark in that particular area? Do they have a trademark in restaurants? They do not have a trademark in restaurants. So this other guy out in like somewhere on the West Coast, he has a trademark in restaurants. Mm. So that's why that was another reason why, even though 
we had settled with them, this other guy could end up coming after us later on down gotcha. the road. So that's why I was like, we're not even going to use Escobar going forward, period. That makes sense. Got you. Mm-hmm. What about Esco, Willie Esco? Nas had that that late, that um clothing line. Y'all remember Esco? Like those jackets? He jacket? probably went through something similar with him. And then you know he was like, but I'm saying, Nas, Escobar, name, you know? For sure. He ain't, so. Nas ain't coming at <laughs> you, know, right? No. That'd be nah, dope nah, if he did, nah. though. I think him and Chains are cool. So. Oh, we're, mm-hmm. oh, that's lit. Okay, so... Yeah. We got Escobar. Yeah, what so, else? so I've got four restaurants here in Atlanta. Um, Crave on Little Five Points. I, mm-hmm. I actually own the building on that one as well. Um, we own the building actually on all of our restaurants except for one. Mm. Um, so we've got two Esco locations, one downtown in Castleberry Hills. The other one is on the south Castleberry side. Castleberry Hills? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's some, real, that's some prime real estate oh, around yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, then one on the south side. And then the fourth location is Esco Seafood. It's on Edgewood. Uh, so those are the restaurants. Um, I have been in hospitality for over 12 years. And then about four years ago, I decided to get into the salon suite industry. So I've got four salon suites. I've also franchised my Remedy Spine Salon Suites um, business as well. So uh, we've sold three ESCO franchises so far. And three, I've sold uh, Remedy I own on my own. I've sold three Remedy uh, franchises as well. And I've got... So, I'm sorry. The four restaurants you own, mm-hmm. you sold three of them or you have four and then you have you sold three? So, so we've got four uh-huh. that we own, um, that I own here locally. Mm-hmm. And then I franchise the Esco brand. So, we've got three franchise locations. Right. Um, Columbus, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, and Memphis, Tennessee. Wow. And so, we're still offering... Um, franchise opportunities um, to those that uh, meet the requirements. And that's a really, really fun part of it. I actually ended up doing that because I was just extremely tired of restaurant operations. Mm -hmm. So like you said, I'm always busy. And that's the reason why with restaurants, uh, it's something that it's hard to grow from doing just the day to day, you know what I mean? And always having to be in your restaurants. And so I just got married this year. Me and my wife are looking Congrats. to have, thank you. We're looking to have um, some kids. And so uh, for me, I got to a point that I'm really only interested in passive sources of income. Mm-hmm. And when you own and operate a restaurant, it really takes up a lot of your time. When they say it's one of the hardest industries to be in, they did not lie. I wish somebody would have told me uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> eight years ago. But um, anyway, so... That was Real quick, I'm sorry. In the questions, how are you gonna go about the kids thing? How is it? Are you gonna adopt? Are y'all... Hey, I'm sorry. I just the first time you heard something like this. No, 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 no. no. But but there's there's adopt, a bunch so we're of do, we're do, wait um, in vitro mm-hmm. IVF. So how's that process? So, and the only reason so I had... basically, so the hardest part for us will be um, picking a sperm donor. That's what I was gonna ask you. So that's gonna be the yeah. hardest part. So I have several friends that have done it. Um, even like several single heterosexual women, you know, you got a lot of single heterosexual women that are getting to the point 35, 36, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't had, had the baby yet. They haven't found, you know, that, that perfect, you know, mate to do that with. Yeah. And so they're actually going that route as well. And so I think for us that are in that situation, that's the most difficult part is that, that process of yeah. it. And so, 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, me and my wife will actually be filming and, and showing that process. You know? Okay, great. I have so many questions. I'm like, yo, do you have, like, uh, is there is there a business behind that? Do you know? Like, say, for instance, I want to be a, a donor, right? And I have, you know, I fit the um, description of somebody, mm-hmm. right? Is it something that you got to pay somebody for or is like they got to sign? How does that work? See, I'm not sure. Um, I know that the IVF process, you know, you have to pay for it. I'm not sure when it comes to the actual sperm donor. Gotcha. Okay. All right, and cool. how that works. So this is going to be a very new journey for me. Mm. Um, like I said, I know of a few people that have done it. I really haven't like sat down and asked them a lot of questions on that mm. aspect of it. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to yeah. be fun. If there are any doctors or something in that space, I want to talk to you on the podcast because I think that's like a whole brand because I feel like yeah. I got good genes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you I can feel like you got good genes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, so, all right. So, okay, where were we? Because I wouldn't be able to like, with the question in my head, okay. Okay, where were we? We got ESCO, three franchises, and you got the other businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so we're talking about my salons. Yep, the so yep. Four locations here. And then I've sold three franchises. So um, I sold one to uh, a lady. She's doing a remedy in Fairburn. Um, a girl who worked for me actually worked for my salon suites from the first day I opened up. She just bought a franchise. She's opening one in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then I've got another lady that's doing one in Orlando. Why do restaurants suck so bad? Man, because let me tell you something. You have so many employees. So this is one thing that I do not be stealing, like. Other? And they be stealing their ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, when I was at Cheesecake Factory, I stole a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It's but, not stealing. It's like you just get some fries and you're like, yo, let me get a burger. But uh, It is stealing, I suppose. But, but there are so many people that you have to rely on for your success. So you look at like if you've got one restaurant and let's say you've got 20 people in there working for you. All 20 of those people need to be operating at high performance. Otherwise, 
you know, somebody come in and left the meat out and then they want to put it back in the refrigerator, you know, the next morning. Somebody, a couple of customers come in, they got food poisoning, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Somebody mopped the floor and didn't put the wet floor sign down. Now I got a lawsuit. I wasn't even in the restaurant. Why y'all <laughs> suing me? Sue them. You what? know what I'm saying? So, um, those are the type of things that you deal with in the restaurant industry. And it is a constant situation of repeating yourself and telling people what to do over and over. And um, the more, the the older I get, um, my <laughs> my patience is, is about that thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's grace of God that I franchise because that's what I'm truly passionate about. I'm passionate about helping people open up their own business. I've been doing business consulting probably for the past 10 years. Mm. Um, so being able to do that under my brand, helping people open up their own business. And then I'm working with business owners. I'm yeah. working with other like-minded individuals. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a nice situation when it comes to franchising. And I know you're helping people franchise, but do you recommend people get into the restaurant industry? And if you do, who's it for? people get into the restaurant industry. You. And this is another reason why um, it's a little bit more stressful for me is because I have so many of them. So mm -hmm. that's one thing too that I'm kind of wanting to consolidate. So my restaurant, Crave, I'm actually looking to, like I said, I own the building. So I'm looking to rent that out to a, a, a somebody that wants to run, operate mm -hmm. their restaurant in there so I can just focus on the Escobar brand. Because like, for example, um, I'm really cool with Lynn who owns Turkey Leg Cut. Y'all been to Turkey Leg yeah, Cut? Yeah, Houston. So, yeah. You know, they do 30 million like crazy numbers. Him and his wife, they do it together. They're super dope. And, um, you know, they were telling us a couple nights ago, we were all hanging out and uh, they were just saying, you know, y'all, y'all expanded so quickly, you know, and they said, that's like for us, because they were looking at doing a location here in Atlanta right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Pandemic happened. They decided to pull out of it, but they've only got that one location in Houston. And what they decide to do, they do pop-ups when they want to, you know, expose their brand to other cities. But, you know, you get that one location and that's it. Man, if I just had that one Escobar downtown location. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so that's one thing people have to be, you know, careful about. But the perfect person to actually be a franchise owner of a restaurant, um, of course, you've got the financial requirements. But one is either somebody who has experience managing restaurants or owning restaurants or um, you, you're just kind of like a serial entrepreneur. So like myself, I always say I can have any type of business. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter because I know business. So, mm -hmm. um, I've got one la young lady, Jessica, who is doing the Columbus, Ohio location. She's never owned a restaurant before, but she is just super sharp, sharp, mm -hmm. very A type personality. She gets down to business, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, um, I think she's going to really, really be good. You know, she isn't, afraid to, you know, tell people what they're doing wrong, to give out constructive criticism in the right way. Mm -hmm. uh, because you also have to keep your temper in this industry because it's so easy to to want to cuss somebody out. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? You can't right, do that. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that's that's some of the things that we're looking for when we're looking for our franchise owners. Gotcha. So let me ask you this. Let's say, for instance, I didn't want to do a franchise. So me and Donnie, we, we just got some money in the bank. We try to like figure out what to do with it, right? And we're thinking like, yo, we should do a restaurant. I don't got the time to be there. Daddy don't got the time to be there. We don't really understand restaurants, but we come up with some cool ideas. Do you do consulting for other restaurants or will you give the blueprint and we don't actually franchise your name? Right. Do you do that? So, yes, I do do consulting. Mm -hmm. um, I have helped probably seven 
different people open up their own restaurants. Really? Anybody in Atlanta? Yes. Mm-hmm. The Hill Social. Um, that's over there in like the AUC Center. Mm-hmm. Um, so I helped them get open. Um, I got another lady. She's just really at the beginning um, of her process. Where is it at? What's the name? Let's give her some love. What's the name of her spot? Oh, she doesn't have it. She's, she have it? she's okay, looking gotcha. for a location right now. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So um, I do do that. But what I would recommend, and which is why I got into the salon suite industry, don't do a restaurant. Do a salon suite. You know, mm. if you guys want something that's super, super passive, when I tell you, man, the salon suites is the easiest money I've ever made in my entire life. Talk to me about that. Oh, before I get there, before I get there, I do want to know how you and 2 Chains came together. Okay. And how you guys structured that business. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, myself and 2 Chains. so we met each other through um, real estate. So, I had a spot. Uh, I ended up closing that spot about two years ago, but for five years, I had a spot called the Hookah Hideaway. Um, the Hookah Hideaway right. was a, that was when I first met you. So Hookah Hideaway was a super, super small spot, hole in the wall. Um, it was only about 1,100 square feet. I mean, to the point people would walk in there and they'd be like, is this it? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what I said. Because <laughs> here's what's crazy. Because I think, and I know exactly, because I, I only been there that one time. Yeah, one time. That was and, but I heard so much about it. I'm like, yo, I, I think I, I, like earlier that day, I was like, yo, uh, what can we do today? It was like a, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday, something. And it's like, yo, Hookah Hideaway, go to Hookah Hideaway. So I heard about it before I got there. And I'm thinking it's about to be this lavish right. little, la- I walk in like, it <laughs> it's about the size of this room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're at a table. Yeah. The Hookah lady's right here. The DJ's right behind me. <laughs> and yeah. there's like some other tables right there. I'm like, dang, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right, listen. Every single week, every episode, you hear me talking about the morningmeetup.com. It's the community. Let me show you what's happening here. Every single morning, Monday through Friday, there's 400 plus people on a Zoom call, right? We're learning, we're talking, we're growing together, and this is you. There's all these people here. It's all these people in the morning meetup. Hundreds of people reading books, growing, we get together quarterly. It's amazing. And for some reason, you just keep looking at just go to themorningmeetup.com and get in the circle. And then you'll be like way happier. Just themorningmeetup.com. Let's get back to the episode. But you probably got busy out of that joint. Oh, my God, man. It, it's, it's what, one, it was how I met so many people here in mm-hmm. Atlanta because the hookah hideaway attracted so many different types of caliber of individuals, you know, politicians, um, professionals, um, hood niggas, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, everybody, you right. know what I mean, was at Hookah Hideaway. And so when I first got it, it was actually about half the size of this room. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. in my head, because I opened up my first spot when I was 24 in Nashville, and it was a complete bust. I was only open for, like, 60 days, if that. Really? Yes, lost everything I put into it. Terrible, terrible business partners. That's why I'm so um, conscious about the people that, that I decide to do business with. I've only had, um, after I did my newspaper, I've only had one business partner since then. Um, But anyways, so I got that spot and I said to myself, my rent at the time was $1,100 a month. Man, where where can you open up a hookah lounge, a restaurant, et cetera, and only pay $1,100 a month? So in my head, I'm like, look, I can't lose. You know what I mean? I don't care how small it is. I'm going to make it work. Man, that place had probably, I think, eight tables in there. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the very, 
very first winter. So I centered it around hookah because when I first moved to Atlanta, I noticed that everybody was smoking hookah. I hated it. I, I couldn't. I, I think I just don't know how to smoke it right. Still don't <laughs> smoke hookah to this day. Is hookah still as popular as it was? Oh, very, very Is much it? so. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, so anyway, so um got that spot and that spot ended up going up. We ended up realizing that our lane was gonna be after hours. So I was able to get the the other little spot next door to me, bust the wall down, made it just a little bit larger, and then we started putting a bunch of tables and chairs like um outside on the sidewalk and just kind of mm-hmm. made that like a makeshift patio. And you didn't own this building, no? I did not own okay. this building. No. I was leasing. I had a five year lease and that's why at the end of the five years I decided to close it. Right. Um so anyways, while I was doing that, Hookah Hideaway ended up becoming wildly successful. And just like anybody, when you do something and you're successful, okay, let's duplicate this. Let's take the systems that I put in place and let's duplicate this <laughs> and do this again. Right. So I ended up um wanting to look for a location to do another restaurant lounge here yeah. in Atlanta. And so when I first moved here, I used to be on Peter Street a lot. Yeah. And coming from, I grew up in Detroit, but uh, moved to Nashville in my younger days. And so coming from a city like Nashville, where you don't have a lot of Black-owned businesses, um, I was very inspired by a street like Peter Street that had all of these lounges. like yeah. black Just random lounges, Black people walking around. Back to back. Yeah, that was like mm-hmm. when Embar was over there and mm-hmm. Spin and all of those places. So I was like, man, I want to own something on that street. So mm-hmm. hooked up with a realtor. And um, I was looking for something over there. And at the time, they really didn't want any more lounges over there. Um, I actually know Alfonso, Alfonso, who owns a lot of the real estate on that street. And so I had put in an application for something. Um, ended, they ended up denying me because they didn't want another lounge over there. But my realtor knew a realtor that works with Two Chains mm-hmm. and who also is like one of his business managers as well. Her name is Indian. So she... They ended up, he ended up telling her, yeah, I got a girl who wants to do something over there. She owns a spot called the Hookah Hideaway. And he was like, yeah, I've heard of the Hookah Hideaway. And she's like, well, you know, Chains has a building um, that's over there that he's owned for like four years. Really? That's just sitting there vacant, you know? And, you know, so let me talk to him about it. And crazy enough, I had took a trip to Jamaica right before I had put in the application for that building, right? And so while I was over in Jamaica, on my way back, coming through customs, I get arrested. I get arrested. Yeah. So I had, I used to have a newspaper company before I moved here. And before or after the the 60 day restaurant situation? After. 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 Gotcha. Yep. This was my next thing that I got into after the 60 day day restaurant. You got a story on you. Goodness gracious. Oh my God, man. So, so I had this newspaper company. The guy that was helping me out, white guy, ends up kind of stealing the company right up under my nose. That's a whole nother story. But long story short, the last check that I had wrote to the publishing company ended up bouncing. At mm. the time, I could not cover this check. There was nothing I could do about it. Little did I know they filed a warrant out against me. <sighs> now, this this warrant has been out for like five years. I know nothing about it. So I go out of the country to Jamaica. I'm coming back, going through customs. They come up to me. And they're like, oh, are you Michelle Dillard? I say, oh, that's me. <laughs> and like, um, come on, we need you to come with us. So they take me to the back. They're like, you know, did you know that you had a warrant in Rutherford County uh, in Nashville, Tennessee? And I said, well, no. I said, but I did used to live in Nashville, Tennessee. And they said, well, you know, this is a warrant. It's actually a felony charge um, for writing worthless, a, a worthless check because the amount was like, I think 
for for it to be a felony, the amount had to be over five thousand. The amount was like five thousand and thirty five dollars. Oh my goodness! Um, they said, you know, so we're going to contact them and see if they want you. We're going to have to hold you here at Clayton County Jail. And now, mind you, I'm owning hookah hideaway and everything at the time. I'm, you know, successful. I'm, Man, you know, take this fifty three hundred dollars. I, you know, <laughs> feel like I'm getting passed. You know, mm-hmm. all of the, the old BS and all of that stuff. And so, anyway, so they they put me in jail. Um, and they they tell me, you know, we're gonna see if they want you. They said they do want you, so they're gonna extradite you back to Nashville. I'm like extradite. What is this? I'm, it's like I'm like a real damn criminal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So wow. um, I actually ended up sitting in jail for two weeks. But while I was in jail, I called one of my really good friends, DJ A1. Um, he had like my phone and everything mm. at the time. And so um, he would check my messages and he said, well, you got a message from that realtor, you know, that, that you're working with mm. for the, the location. I said, you know, well, call him on three-way. I was having a really rough day in there that day. You know what I mean? I'm like, call him on three-way for me. Let me see, you know, what's going on. I'm thinking in my head, let me try to get some good news, lift my spirits mm. up. So he calls him. And he's like, you know, um, I'm talking to the realtor. And he said, you know, he said, well, you didn't get that location. He said, but there's another opportunity that you might be interested in. He said, it's it's much further down the street. You know, I, I never get the prime location. <laughs> like, it's down the street around the corner. <laughs> but he's like, it's much further down the street. He said, but it's owned by a, a well-known rapper that's from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's heard of you and he wants to do business with you. Because I also used to have a party bus company. So he heard of my company. It's called party Cereal. Bus and so um, he said, you know, he's he's heard of you. And he wants to do business with you. And I'll, I'll never forget this moment. And uh, I said, I said, well, you know, who is it? Because, you know, just well-known rappers. Some of them, you know, ain't got a lot of good business right. sense now, to be honest. And I said, who is it? He said, it's 2 Chains." And I said, oh. I said, I could work with 2 Chains." For sure. It seemed cool. <laughs> and I remember after that phone call, man, I was skipping up to my little cell. Like, <laughs> I, I told my little, my little cellmate at the time, I was like, I'm about to open up a restaurant with 2 Chains." Now, at the time, I truly did not necessarily 100% believe that this was going to come true and mm. truly, truly happen. Cool jail story, though. You know, so yeah, they ended up coming and picking <laughs> me up like three days later, took me back to Nashville, dropped the charges as soon as I get there. What? It's like, what? What is this? Y'all been playing <laughs> with me for two weeks? Oh, my goodness. Dropped the charges completely. As soon as I get there, I get out. I immediately come back to Atlanta that day. And the very next day, I meet with 2 Chains and his real wow. at the Hookah Hideaway. Wow. <laughs> and I remember like the night before tossing and turning and like, I'm not like a starstruck person at all, period. But I knew that if this situation ended up being what it has become today, that it would truly change my life, yeah. you know? So, and the meeting went extremely well. I was nervous. I'm like, man, you know, he's like, you said you've been to Hookah Hideaway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, he might think like, oh, this little place, this ain't that, yeah. you know? She ain't gonna be able to run a real restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So, but he came in there, we clicked like immediately. Like wow. we have like a brother-sister relationship. He's an only child, so he's never had any siblings. And so um I ended up, I said, I'm just gonna show him the numbers. I showed him the numbers. We were doing some amazing numbers. What were you doing time. at the, at we that time? About, we were doing about forty-five thousand a week, you know. Out of hookah that, hideaway? Out of hookah hideaway, baby. Them chairs on their patio, they they made up for some what? <laughs> yes. Yes, yep. So um we didn't make a little hideaway. 
franchise. We get mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 45,000 out of 1,100 square feet. Out of 1,100 square feet, man. And what were we selling? Hookah, alcohol. We're hookah, alcohol, and food. But the kitchen, child, we was using deep fryers and, you know, we was just, you know, we was making it work, you know, but that, they busted some of the best bark food out For of sure. that kitchen at the And then I had brought a concept here that is now becoming wildly popular. But back in Nashville, they had Nashville hot chicken. Mm-hmm. So Oh, um, you brought that today. So yeah. So I had I had Skinny's hot chicken mm-hmm. on the menu. And so we did like the leg quarters and stuff like that, you know, with the hot season and sauce. I do remember them wings took a long time to come. They did. They did. Yep, I remember. I remember that for sure. Wow. So, um, but yeah, so that was how I met Two Chains. Um, mm. immediately after that, he took me over to the space on Peter Street. Mm. Um, it, it it would end up taking us two years to get that place open. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's the longest it's ever uh mm. took me to open up a restaurant. It took us two years to get that place open. They did not want us on the block. Mm. Um. Our Caucasian friends over there did not want us on the block at mm. all. They tried to block us from getting our liquor license. I remember I cried when them people granted me when they said approved. Wow. Uh, like so many people from the neighborhood had came. They were just like they had never seen anything like that before. Mm. And mm. they were just like the the board, the LBR board were just like, we have got to get this girl a chance just because so many of y'all are against her. Yeah. And so um, they approved it. And I mean, it's been history ever since, you know. Amazing. So, yeah, it's a Woo. extremely successful location we've been open for. We'll be celebrating our six-year anniversary this December 8th. Congrats. So. Congratulations. Yeah, but so that's how uh, I met some chains. And good, good. Yeah, so um, I don't think we're not going to do We're not going to do a restaurant, but I'm interested in these salon suites. <laughs> okay, yeah, because yeah. I don't, I don't want to do all that. Because it just seems like this is like some hard. It seems cool. Y'all got a restaurant, come through, eat, vibe. We not doing you for a lot of people, they don't even really be making money. It's they got a a space where they homies can come and kick it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So, yeah, but it has made me a multimillionaire. Is that that mic working, Reese? The one Donnie's on? We have a different concept. That you don't know about yet, but we have it. Okay. Um, so we're going to need your coaching and consulting on. It's similar to a restaurant, but no food. Okay. And we'll talk about, about it off camera. Okay. And maybe, you know what I mean? If you're looking for partnership, because 45000 a week yeah. from 1,100 square feet. We can figure that out. I'm thinking big, like 3,000 square feet. Big. Big. We're going to talk about it. Okay. Hold on. A restaurant that don't serve food? You it's sound like crazy. a restaurant. But it doesn't sell food. Yeah, I got to hear this. You know what I mean? I got to hear this. But people <laughs> gather and they have a good time. We're going to talk about How it. How do you have a good time with a ga- at a gathering with no trust, food? Trust me. I don't trust you. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the idea, too. Now, when people... This is the idea right here. Every, anything else you're considering for partnership, nothing. This is the idea. Okay. Right? okay. Don't trust All me. right, let me, let, me, let, me, let me jump into these salon suites. Because I actually had a conversation with... Um, with some twins that do salon suites, and I was, and I never heard of the concept, but it seemed like the easiest thing you could do because, oh God, bro, it's the easiest thing in the world. All right, so so walk me through when you get the idea for the salon suites. Mm-hmm. So basically, I got the idea for the salon suites because I go and get my hair done once a week. I mm. can't do anything to my own hair. I don't even wash my own hair. Mm. So. 
I was realizing that something transitioned from um, I'm now going to salon suites instead of salons. Mm. Now, the people, the stylists that are doing my hair, they're located in salon suites. So I'm looking around and there were maybe at the time a very small amount of them here in Atlanta, mm. especially black owned. And so I just kind of started doing my research and visiting salon suites. And I said, you know what? I said, this would be great for me because this is good daytime money. Mm -hmm. This is not something, even though you allow your stylists and your tenants to have 24 access, most Mm -hmm. of them are not really going to work late at night. So um, I was looking for something else to invest in that would be good daytime money, Mm -hmm. that would not be a headache, and that would be passive. I love it. And um, essentially, what you do is you find a space. Um, The better spaces uh, that will cost like um, less startup costs are going to be like dentist's office, doctor's office, Mm -hmm. spaces that where you've got these rooms that are already kind of built out. Yeah. Um, So you buy them or rent rent them. Totally up to you. So of course, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you your first one? Did you buy it? My first one, I rented. You read it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. give me the specs on it. How big was the building? You know, I like to start with a space that's at least 2,500 square feet. That's your starting point. Okay. My first space was th- about 3,100 square feet. How many rooms? It was right downtown. I've got 22 suites in that one. <sighs> Stays rented. How much was your rent? My rent is fifty three twenty six a month. And so this is this is the rollout of it. You want to be at one week of rents should pay for all of your expenses. It should pay for your rent or your mortgage on the space. It should pay for your utilities and your insurance. Got it. Okay. Um, And if you're going to have somebody there, as there's a way that you can automate the business with apps and things of that nature where they can pay their rental app on on the app, maintenance requests, your leases, all of that stuff. Uh, for me, since I plan on never walking into my salon suites at all, <laughs> I have um, I have two people that run my four salon suites. One is my wife. Um, another one is um, an older lady. Shout out to Miss Jackie. She's so extremely helpful for me. But mm. she's been working with, with us for about two years. And they they take care of making sure that the suites are leased out, um, that the cleaning people come, and, you know, that... I was going to say stock with, but there's nothing to be stuck with because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're renting these suites to business owners. Yeah. So these people, they don't work for you. They're not employees. They're business owners. They come in, they do what they got to do. They pay their rent on Friday and that's that. So one week out of, out of the four weeks of the month, one week pays for all of your expenses. The other three weeks are yours. So how many, how many suites in it? 22. So 22. My, my location downtown, I've got 22 suites. And how much do you charge per suite? You know, it just depends on the size of the suite and what comes in it. Okay. So the best suites are the ones with windows. Um, you've got, so all of my salon suite businesses have like the, the communal area. How many suites you got? I've got four. Word. Mm-hmm. You got four restaurants and four salon suites? Yep. The salon suites, are they all in, in Atlanta? All of my locations are in Atlanta. Um, I'm looking to do one more here. And then after that, I'm going to expand outside because I'm starting to sell so many franchises, mm-hmm. especially the people that live here in Atlanta. So I don't want to take all the good locations for myself. So you're franchising a salon suite too? Yes, I've sold three so far. Mm-hmm. You out here. 
And I'm trying. You're not, you're getting it done. <laughs> Golly. Okay. So 22. Mm-hmm. 22 in one location. In one location. Mm-hmm. I want to do a monster one where it's like 40 sweets. my phone? I need to, I need the math to be mapping. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I would say the average that you can rent uh, each suite for. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Probably about $275 a week. I've got some suites that are double suites that I rent for $400, some that I rent for $350. Um, some that I rent for 200, you know, so about 275 to $300 a week is what you can lease these suites for. So it's about 6,600 a week times four. We got a month and sometimes it's like 30 days, which is more than 28, yep. four weeks. Yep. So this is, the thing. this is the thing. So what I make off of one salon suite, I can make in one week in a restaurant. Okay, so that's why people want to do the restaurants. That's where the real big money is. Mm -hmm. However, if you want just no headache, something that's easy, okay, if I got to do two or three of these to equal one restaurant, I'd rather do that because I never have to walk into these. Mm -hmm. Nobody, I've never, nobody has ever tried to sue me with these salon suites. Whatever happened in their little space, that's on them. They got their Mm -hmm. own insurance, their own business license. I'm only responsible for the the little common areas, which is the hallway and the one little reception area. You know what I mean? So it's it's a no-brainer. Then there's other things that you can sell in there to make money. All of mine have like a beauty store in there. So you know, y'all need something, y'all buy it right here, you know, Ooh. from me. Um, Who runs then, that store? The receptionist. Okay. Oh, so the receptionist. Yep. But what I'm, okay. what I'm about to start doing is vending machines, putting the products in the vending machine. And then it, so it's even more passive. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Listen, if I was going to teach you how to make a million dollars, would you give me 10000 like if I had a course teach you how to make a million dollars and you're positive, you're going to make a million dollars, would you give me 10000 Of course you would. It's no-brainer, right? So in a calendar year, we make seven figures with the podcast. 
But there's 21 things that I extracted from that that you're going to need to launch a podcast. But I only got time to give you three right now. One is you need a distribution platform. The distribution platform is what you upload your podcast to. That platform sends it to Spotify, Apple, Google Play, so that your supporters can actually listen to your podcast. You're also going to need a microphone. You need a really good microphone so it's crispy audio. And three, you need an income strategy. This is not necessarily a hobby, unless you're going to make it a hobby. But I can teach you how I made the seven figures with these 21 things. Now, the good news is you don't have to give me 10000 My ebook is only 37 bucks. okay? So listen, go to podcastebook.com and get the 21 things that you need. And I, I can explain it in detail, all the things that you need, okay? Podcastebook.com. Let's get to the episode. All right. No, hold on. Let me let me do this. Y'all, y'all I'm trying to digest it. Let me teach the whole course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay, you can make more in a restaurant, but passively for quality of life for quality of life because you you posted something one day and i don't know if you, i don't know if you have 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 made this up or have seen i did it. <laughs> i did it was all me but uh, you said something like you know i don't care to be a billionaire because i don't want to have to work that hard right. to, and, and and that's me like you'll never hear me say that i want to be a billionaire mm-hmm. you know I want to be a, a 30 millionaire, a 40 millionaire, <laughs> you sure. know what I mean? I'm a multimillionaire now, but I want to be that, you yeah. know, whatever I can do passively. I don't want to get up and go to sleep working. Mm. That's not cute to me. That's not fun. <laughs> I don't care how much money I have. If I can't enjoy it, yeah. you know, my dream goal is at age 40, I'm 37 now. I'm going to have me an oceanfront house on one of these islands. Mm. That's why me and my wife doing all this traveling to see which one we love. I hear you. And, you know, I'll be back and forth between here and the States. So somewhere mm-hmm. that's less than a three hour flight to get to that's reasonable. But, you know, I don't want to have a whole bunch of companies that depend on me. Yeah. So everything that I'm setting up for the future. So like, I love the restaurant industry. I've made so much money from it, but the operations side is the headache. So that's yeah. why we're franchising now. For sure. And like I told two chains, look, follow my lead, film these little videos, post what I need you to post. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, bro, in, in three years, we're going to have 50 of these all around the country. Salon suites. No, the restaurant. The restaurant. Yeah. Gotcha. The salon suites. Is he in that with you or no? No, he's not in the salon suites. That's just me. Did you bring it to him? No. No, he's like, no, it's all me. Okay. <laughs> you got enough money? <laughs> you got enough money, Jay? enough going on. Right. He's going to make off of me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, <laughs> nah, this is just Snoop over here. Mm. But yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's, that's just me. Um, And it's, and so I'm teaching other people how to do it because it's like, it's almost like it's a secret, you know mm. what I mean? Because it's just so super passive. There's been other things I've tried to do or or have wanted to do um, and thought about doing, but it's just not as passive as yeah. this is. Yeah, for sure. And I and I would imagine... And, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to... Now go for it, please. Another thing that's so good about it too is that it only takes about two or three months to even get the thing open. You know what I mean? So, you mm. know, normally a business, you know, is going to take you, you know, quite some time to get it going. And, you know, if you put them in the right area, they are literally like looking for these things because the beauty industry is such a large multi-billion dollar industry. Gotcha. Who is the 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 person that leases this out? Is it is it just people that's in the beauty space? Is it barbers? So people that's in the beauty space. So you've got stylists, you've got estheticians, you've mm. got last techs, you've got um, people that do facials, massage, masseuse, uh, massage therapists. Uh, you've got sometimes we'll get people who um, 
like want to run like a small boutique or something like that out of it. I used to allow them to, but I don't anymore because, you know, they're only really going to have the people that are there getting their yeah, hair done, sure. you know, so it's not necessarily really going to generate, you know, the mm-hmm. revenue that they need to be able to continue to pay me their rent. Right. For sure. Semi-personal question. Mm-hmm. How do you pay the manager to run it? Like, what should I be? Is it like a percentage of occupancy or obviously one's your wife, so mm-hmm. it's all money in. You know what right, I mean? But right, how, right. how would you recommend to pay somebody's manager? So my full-time girl, um, well, lady, I'm calling her a girl. She twice my age. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, so she actually does hair. So I let her get half off her suite and I pay her like, I think 700 bucks a week. So ends up being about 900 to $1,000 a week that, that she's making. She's full-time, so she works five days a week. Normally, somebody that's part-time, I would pay like five or 600 bucks a week. But hold on. You give the, the lady, she's a stylist. Mm-hmm. You give her half off her, mm-hmm. still got to pay some. Still got to pay But then you pay her about $700 a week, yeah. which works for her and works for you. Mm-hmm. But what if she has clients while something needs to be managed? Well, so that's why we have the other person as well. Your wife. You know? but, but normally nothing needs to be managed. You know what I mean? The only thing that they may say is uh, the dryer is messed up. You know, that's a maintenance situation. They can put that in the app. You got an app? Mm-hmm. You yeah. built it specifically for your suite? So there's a company that, that they'll build the app specifically for your company. And so you can do everything on there. You can send potential people their leases. They can sign their leases on there. They can pay their rent on there. Um, you give all the way in your course, right? Like yep. hmm How long is the course? Uh, You know, it really just depends on how long it takes you to get through it. I believe it's like six modules. Mm-hmm. So... Mm. I've got some very motivated people that will do it in a day and some that do it in a week. And That's awesome. as we know, some people who purchase courses and never complete them. Never even open them joints. Crazy. Nuts. Okay, so first off, I don't know how much it is, but can my friends get a discount Absolutely. on the course? Okay. Absolutely. Maybe promo code social proof? Yep, for sure. For Just sure. set that joint up. Um, you don't have to tell me what the discount is right now. It'll be a surprise for y'all. Just use promo code social proof. How much is it normally right now? The course is generally nine ninety seven, and then really? um, I have a Who is Snoop Inner Circle where I actually help you do your credit repair, help you get funding. Um, comes with semi annual dinner here in Atlanta. We just rolled that out, so it's just five thousand right now. You got money coming out your ears, Snoop. You got it's coming from everywhere. Like, God, like you, man. no, like I this is this is you got a lot going on, I and I what what's cool is. Now I do I do warn people against the serial entrepreneur. It's almost like a, a sickness, you know what I mean? Especially you have some small success and then you try to do something else, you got like little small successes, but you are like building a bunch of big stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you leverage and manage all of this? Like how? And side note, the fact that you're running all these businesses and still getting a bag out of salon suites makes me confident that I can build out Oh, well, we can. We can. Yeah, because I do we'll the real estate, Airbnb, luxury cars. Yeah, Airbnb. Yo, what? So, yeah, yeah. Who's managing all that? You, hold on, okay. Give me, okay. Get, forget all that. Give me how you're approaching businesses to keep your time. 
Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't open up a business that requires me to do anything. So there are systems in place where at this point, it's not even about because because back in the day, I, t- I used to tell people you have to replace yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I open up a business, nothing is my job. Mm-hmm. Everything is meant to be someone else's job. So even with my restaurants, I've got an operations team. Bar, right? Did you write that down? Come on, Donnie, write it down. I've got an operations team. So I've got a director of operations and a food and beverage director. So they run the actual locations. Now I still have to be over them and tell them what to do. So the restaurants, if anything, take up a little bit more of my time. But now it's at the point where it's like maybe like a couple times a day. Now that we're selling the franchises, I have to travel much more. But I love that part of it. I love mm. to travel. Um, so that's the restaurants right there. Working on building a franchise so, team. So I'm so sorry. So one, you put together a company or is it an outside company? It's my company. It's called Dillard Hospitality Group. Gotcha. So Dillard Hospitality Group, that company manages all of the restaurants. Correct. Got it. Yep. Okay. The salon suites, we talked about that. That's so super passive. Is it's nothing. That's I will continue. I probably going forward we'll be opening up a new salon suite every four or five months. Um, the mm. the Airbnbs. I have a company that runs those. They do twenty percent. When I did my luxury car service, I wanted that set up just like how the Airbnbs are. So I trained a really close friend of mine who was already doing a lot of little different things for me. And he's really into cars and audio and all of that stuff. So I trained him to run that business. So he gets 20% for running that business. Mm. Um, and then the real estate stuff. So, you know, flip houses and things of that nature. I'm working on training somebody now um, that can do what I do and has the level of knowledge that I have. You be flipping the houses yourself? Mm-hmm. So you find a contract, you know what needs to be oh, yeah. done, you go yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been doing that for years. You evaluate your own deals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is like, you know, if I can renovate a, a business, if I can turn this space into a restaurant, I know that can I can do it for a house. Uh, you're younger than me, but like way better at everything, I think. <laughs> and it, makes, it makes you feel a way stupid. Golly. You are like... you. You are like the example of how you can like put systems in place and get money without trading the time. Because it seems like when I when I start a new business, I know there's going to be some sort of time commitment. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you're not going about it that way. You're like, I need to make sure there's no time commitment. For sure. And then I hooked up with, um, uh, there's a guy named Rashawn Williams. So he has a company where um, it's just venture capitalism. So we invest in all types of different businesses. I get a percentage. Never see the business. Never go there. Hold on. you So that, it's a venture capital business. They just pull money together. Yep. You put money in, mm-hmm. they invest. Yeah. And so they're, what they're doing right now, because of course, as everyone knows, while we're going through this recession, this is the perfect time to buy a business or to purchase a franchise. Mm-hmm. So they're purchasing several different types of businesses, what he calls boring businesses. So like mm-hmm. electric companies, HVAC companies, you know, but... Um, these are the type of companies that won't go out of business. So I mm. own a small piece of it. I get, I've probably owned maybe about four of these companies right now, right? So all four of them, I get about maybe about three grand a piece, you know? So that's 12 grand a month coming in right there. Don't have to do anything, but just receive the money. 
Um, and Tony, what are we doing wrong? Many. First off, hold on, because I feel like you're stuck on me. What are we doing wrong? What is it? We're working way too hard, man. <laughs> Golly, can I put money with your boy? Yeah, of course. How yeah. much you put in? Um, so most of the companies are like 175 to 200. Mm-hmm. And then you get the, the whatever it is that you put in, you get that back in like two years or four years or whatever. So you so, put in. You're getting this set amount each month. And then we also got the dispensary in LA. Um, so I did that with two chains and a bunch of other people. So. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people t- listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use 
promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal that's like that's where my mind is that's what i'm looking like man i've been working hard all my life mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying we can't continue to work this way what do we Salon, salon suites. Can you help us with our salon suites? Absolutely. I would love to. Because I think, get the mic. Get the mic. So, oh, yes. So, your interview or mine? Yours, but this is important. But you're helping me. So, that's good. Now, that's important. That's good. Okay. So, startup costs. Startup costs. So, as we know, that's a fully loaded question, right? Mm-hmm. Because it just depends on what location you pick. My very first location, you know, doing it the first time, you always make some mistakes. Probably cost me about 100000 to open up my first location. <clears throat> the location that I'm doing now, the one in Fayetteville, I'll probably end up spending about $42,000 and then mm-hmm. I'm getting 20000 back in TI, in tenant improvement. So that location will cost me about $22,000. How do you do that? What do you mean? So, so landlords will give you money and tenant improvement as well as free rent because you're renovating their space. Mm-hmm. You know, you're investing in their space. And so right now, while the economy is the way that it is, these landlords are even more aggressively trying to rent their spaces mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and fill their spaces. So they're willing to give you more money in TI. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. So what So you can do it. I'm sorry to cut you off again, but um I would say Depending upon how big you want the location to be and what you start with. So, like, if it's something that's already got, like, the rooms built out, uh, I would say you can do it from, if you get a really, really good space, be patient, get a good space, um, I would say probably less than 50000 And then, you know, whatever they'll give you back, you know, for tenant improvement. And they normally give you the check once you get your business license. Is most of the... The landlord gives you the check. Uh-huh. Okay. And I, I guess you, you teach people how to negotiate that. Yes. Not all landlords mm-hmm. are the same. Right, exactly. If you don't bring it up, they're not going to say anything yeah. about it, you know? For sure. Of course not. So but, so I'm trying to understand what these costs are. Because in my mind, I'll be looking on LoopNet every day. Mm-hmm. I'll be looking at, like, different, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. buildings. And it seems like you could have one of these, like, office these, you know, uh, I don't know, a, a doctor's office or something like mm-hmm. that that has a bunch of rooms. And they're already rooms. And it seems in my head, I just tell, okay, Kashif, you got it. You're a barber. That's your room. You mm-hmm. good, bro. Put up some pictures and you straight. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to put these? a little equipment in there to start like as what? well. You know, so um, the styling, the stylish chairs, you know, the chairs that you sit in to get your services done. Mm-hmm. Um, mirror, uh, a station. That's really about it. I went and bought the equipment for my new location and I spent like, 10 grand on the equipment. And then it was funny because I'm like, okay, um, I'm, I'm giving them my 10 grand car. total? 10 grand total. How many rooms? How many suites? 16 suites. That's, yep. See, that's what I'm thinking. Yep. So then 50 seems a lot card. to me. Right. So I'm giving him the card and uh, well, we'll break that 50 down in a second. Okay. So I'm giving him my card and he was like, oh, you don't want to do financing? And you know, I seen the financing when I walked in and I was just like, oh no, I'm fine. And he was just like, why? It's 
12 months, no interest. I said, oh, yes. I <laughs> wanted to finance it. And see, before, I used to have a lady that when I wanted to do a location, she did everything for me. She did the project management. Um, she, I trained her. So, you know, she would work with the architect on doing the plans. Um, she managed the project. Uh, manage the contractor. I'm like, I call her. I said, girl, why you ain't never tell me about this financing? <laughs> she was like, oh, I didn't think you needed it. I need all my money. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm doing this one myself. But, mm. uh, and the reason why I did that too is because for this one, I didn't need plans done because, mm. you know, I'm only changing like paint, you know, the for floor, sure. you know right. what I mean? Little stuff like that. So you want to find something like that too where you don't actually have to go and get the architectural drawings because that's going to delay you about a month. For sure. Okay. So that 50,000, let's break that down. So um, if you have to switch the floor out, you know, um, because you can't have carpet, you know, because they're doing hair. Oh yeah, for sure. um, The flooring can, can kind of run you um, the paint. But if you find a suite that already has like a hard floor. Exactly. So, I was actually recording one of my YouTubes and I was saying that while I was in one of my locations the other day. When you're looking mm-hmm. for a location, you definitely want the floor to already be there because you yeah. look at doing flooring for like 3,000 square feet. Yeah. A lot of times they'll charge anywhere from 2 to $5 a square foot yeah. just to put it down. And then you actually have to buy the material that you want to use. So yeah. um, that, the floor, the paint, um, the equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that you may want to change about the room. So even like if the rooms are already built out, but let's say the room is like really, really big and you want to turn it into two suites. Yeah. Um, so you've got money there. Um, switching the doors out. So most of the doors are going to come like a door like that, you know, um, just a regular like wooden door. Well, with these salons, you want like the single glass panel doors. And those are generally going to run you about... Oh, I see. Give it that salon feel. Exactly. Those are going to run you about $300 a piece, you know, per door. You got to pay somebody to put them up and all of that stuff. Um, Little equipment for your reception area. And I always tell people you don't need a big reception area because once again, these clients are going in, they're going straight to the tenant space. You know what I mean? Like, mm -mm, don't be booking three people at one time. I ain't got nowhere for them to sit, girl. Right, right, (laughs) right. For sure. They better sit in your suite. (laughs) But, um, so those are the things, really, you know, that you're going to spend money on, your signage, um, little stuff like that. I put one of my tricks, this is a spiritual thing, but I put a waterfall at the door of all of my salon suites and it's supposed to cleanse energy of people coming in and Mm. Just kind of keeps that good energy and vibe going. Gotcha, gotcha. So here in my head, right? And let me tell you if this is um, if this is ghetto or not. <laughs> Let's say there's a building and the lease is going to be four thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. right? And it's already sectioned off in the rooms. Mm-hmm. Can I sell it out room by room? Like, say Donnie wants to have a room, and I'm like, all right, this going to be your suite. You want it? You say yes. Okay, give me a week. I'll change out the door, get your joint ready. So I don't got to do it all up front. See, the only thing about doing that, and that is such a good question, a lot of people don't have vision. So if it doesn't already look like that, they may not be able to visualize themselves in there doing business. Or they may not be able to lease that suite out as quick. Or we do two suites and say, this is the model home. It's the model. Your joint going to look like just that. like this. I like that. And like, yo, we're going to paint it and all that. What color like you want to paint? You feel me? The only thing about that is you don't want to be constantly doing work in there because Mm. as you get tenants, you don't want to really be disturbing them because you got people that are doing things that 
may require it to be a little bit quiet on some ends, you know, your massage therapist, people that are doing lashes, facials, you know what I mean? So just going to spend all that money up front, man. Nope. <laughs> nope. I- I'm talking to my man who works at the Cheesecake Factory right now. He's like, yo, I'm going to do this line suite. I ain't got 50. I ain't got no credit. But I saved a couple of dollars to open up. We can do a piece box. It's a shoestring thing. We then at that point we need to get them in who is soup inner circle. Talk to me. We're gonna fix their credit. Talk to me. We're gonna show them how to get the business money. Mm-hmm. And voila. I got weekly mentoring programs with <sighs> myself. Oh, <laughs> uh, so when you say fifty thousand, I don't have to have fifty thousand dollars in my pocket. I'll show you how to get it. Okay. You're talking good. Mm-hmm. Talking. So I, I don't. So I'm telling you. OPM, so other people's money. Y'all know how it goes. So I can get a pr- fix my credit. I can be approved for fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Take that fifty thousand. Keep my money where it's at. Absolutely. And then use that money. Float it. The twelve month thing you was talking about. Twelve wow. months. We should have. We'll be making the fifty thousand in twelve months. Mm-hmm. For sure. Y'all going to get that course? Go on We're and making get fifty thousand back in four months. Easy. Yo, really, I was doing it for Donnie because she don't have 50000 She's irresponsible <laughs> with her money. So I'm like, yo, Donnie, what you can do is just fix your credit and then you get approved for the credit card, the line of credit. You take the money from the line of credit after you fix your credit and stop buying bags and stuff. And then you're going to be good. So I just checked our joint bank account and we're super straight. So we're- <laughs> <laughs> I'm also on LoopNet right now. Are you really? There's some space for us to drive by this week. Oh, let's do it. We right. Let's set an appointment today. I got time. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. So it's up. Yo, and and when everybody sees the salon suite, they'll be able to actually see that you coached and mentored us. And we, it's up. Ramon, you got some. You got some spots. You got some. This the real. And I'm into buying real estate though. Mm -hmm. I want to buy it. You know what I mean? So Ramon, come on, man. You know what to look for. You know what to look for. Uh, You know Ramon. Uh, yeah, Ramon's it. Yeah, for sure. He he got deals like all the time on his Instagram for sure. All right, cool. So um, all right. So we're gonna do a salon suites. Okay. And uh, are you fra- Do you franchise your salon suites, or okay. is it better to do that, or you just teach me what to do from the course? It's best to franchise. Why? Well, because then you really don't have to do anything. And you get your money. Exactly. <laughs> it's best just get the franchise. But we learn we learn information, knowledge that you arm people with it. They should get the course anyway. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Anybody got any questions about salon suites? Anybody got any questions about salon? Okay. Let's get the mic over there real quick today. What you got? You want to get a salon suite? No. I, I said a question. question about franchising. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's good. Um, I got a successful electronics business. Okay. And I think other people could benefit from what I'm already doing. Okay. Without the headache of what I've already done. Mm -hmm. So helping them franchise. And I just want to know, how did you get into the franchising and how do you go about it? Sure. Mm. So I was inspired to franchise my restaurants um, from a friend of mine, Dennis McKinley, who owns the crew brand. And so he's been telling me probably for about a year, Snoop, y'all need to franchise, y'all need to franchise, y'all need to franchise. Um, during the pandemic, restaurants made so much money here in Atlanta. Um, I really just wanted to enjoy mm-hmm. <laughs> and sit back. 
Uh, but, and I'm saying during the pandemic, I guess we're still in it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but 2022, you know, things kind of changed a little bit. It slowed up a little bit, you know? And so towards the end of last year, I decided, okay, let me go ahead and franchise also with not wanting to deal with operations as much. So um, in franchising, the first thing that you need to do is get with an attorney um, that does that. And, you know, you, you're going to need to have, you're going to need to have your systems in place for your business. Um, you'll need to get your operations manual written up. Mm-hmm. And I have a young lady that works for me that, that did that. And what I had her do, she interviewed myself and interviewed several members of my team to get all of our operations um, processes and systems. And, and she put that in paper. So she did our operations manual and I hired my attorney to write up our FDD. So the FDD is the franchise disclosure document. Mm -hmm. So that's the document. It's normally over 100 pages, between 100 to 200 pages. And it's going to detail all of your financials. It's going to have all of the details about the company, who started the company, who runs the company, um, their bio, um, and just tons of details, you know, about your company. And what you do is you end up sending that to individuals that are interested. And by law, you have to give them 14 days, you know, to view that. So it's just like yesterday, somebody contacted me. Um, they're looking to do a ESCO in Tampa. And they're like, okay, Snoop, we ready to sign. I'm like, nope, you got two more days. Mm-hmm. You ain't about to get me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, and so... Some cities, you actually, some states, you actually have to do different things. So like, for example, um, when I sold the Remedy franchise to the girl in Chicago that I was mentioning, I actually had to do another FDD specifically for Illinois and pay more money. So different states have have different rules. That's why it's best to work with an attorney Mm -hmm. and have them draw up all of your paperwork. Um, And then after that, of course, the the biggest thing is marketing, you know, your franchise opportunities and getting them out there to the public and being a good franchisor. You know, you can't just sell these franchises and then sit back. You know, Um, there are some responsibilities that you have with helping people get open. And then after they get open, um, helping to make sure that their business is successful because, of course, you charge a franchise fee. So, like, so for Escobar, we charge forty five thousand. We charge a five thousand dollar training fee, and then we get six percent of their sales mm. once they open. So, you look at that. Let's say you've got a restaurant doing fifty thousand a week. You know, which is all your restaurants be doing that, which is not hard to do. Most, especially the Escos. So. You look at that. So if they're doing fifty grand a week, that's two hundred thousand a month, six percent, that's twelve thousand dollars a month passively mm. that you're getting. Now we've already sold three. So now for some of them are going to do much better than that. You know, yeah. we've got locations that that have done a hundred thousand a week, you know what I mean? Or even more than that, you know. So like for example, my Memphis franchisees, they got a location right by the FedEx Forum where the Grizzlies play. Oh, wow. Where all of the concerts happen. So they're, they're, they're absolutely probably going to be a $100,000 a week restaurant. Wow. When you look at that, that's $24,000 a month that's coming right off of that one location. So that's why I got into the franchise game because I can still eat really good passively. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just fly down there, make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, get catered to in the meantime, eat good, <laughs> and come mm. back home to Atlanta. You know, so yeah. uh, for Remedy, 
the franchise fee is twenty thousand, and we get five percent of their sales. So, um, but you know, the biggest thing is being somebody who is passionate about helping people open up their businesses, which I definitely am, and passionate about continuously coaching people to get there and. Also, you know, bringing dope things, you know, consistently to the table and, and ideas, you know, so. Well, congratulations. You're my new business coach. So <laughs> I'm excited about that. I got me a coach. You know what I mean? So I need y'all to come together between you and Donnie and help me. Okay. Because I'd be putting, I'd be too involved. <laughs> and maybe I, it's not a bad thing because I really do enjoy entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the, I, and I only do things that I absolutely enjoy. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes it's uh, I mean, nothing wrong with passive income, though. Stuff you ain't got to touch or do nothing with. Exactly, man. Exactly. I know you probably hear about so many ideas doing this podcast. I, I mean, every every time you sit down with somebody, you're hearing about um something different. Something for sure. So I was thinking, you think, let's say for like Turo, and a lot of people are making money in it. Mm-hmm. But my we got into it. We had like five cars. Mm-hmm. And my wife was pregnant, and then I found myself dropping cars off at the airport, Mm-mm. which is not See, a that's good. why I got that guy that, you know, 20 and 20%, and he handled all of that. Yeah, I just... Several of my cars I haven't even seen in months. I'm like, we, we still got the, got the Jeep, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Those are the type of questions that we all desire to ask. Hey, am I still making money on the little joint, right? The little house we got over there? Okay. We want to ask those type of questions. So put yourself in those positions. So Snoop, one, thank you because um, we're going to get a small suite. Mm-hmm. And you got me thinking about entrepreneurship and income a little differently. Uh, just the business that I want to go into, not for something that's lit because a, a restaurant will be lit. Right, right. But I do want that boring money. Mm-hmm. Salon suite is very boring money. It is. Just boring. I need that. Mm-hmm. So hey, it's all money. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and uh, got me thinking about systems and like really putting people in place mm-hmm. and letting them own that and putting my wife to work. You know what I mean? So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Snoop, no. wife, work, boo. She oh, just... No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, we actually just opened up the, uh, our home healthcare business and she's going to be doing that. And she, okay. All right. She's, Did y'all do that with the group shop, y'all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You, got one, you got one? <laughs> So I was going to, I was going to do it for my mom, oh. but see, that's not super passive. You do have to do some things in the beginning mm. to get that going. Mm. Like how easy was it for y'all to set y'all up? It was, it's not labor. It's just waiting for yeah. this person to approve the license. And, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was going to do it for my mom. Mm. She lives in Nashville. I was wanting to retire her, but she's not the type of person that would just like, let me give her a set amount of money. Mm. You know, so it's like, okay, well, let's do this business. But I realized she was not going to be as into it, you know, so I ended up not doing it. But, yeah. you know, he gave me the course. I went through the course and asked. It's really good. And all of that. But. Actually, my man, Jovan, he, he just got his approved. So I think it's, it's going to be dope. Say again? Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And she's excited because she comes from like that healthcare space okay. and so does her mom. Okay. So kind of like a family business and I just kind of just make sure they have what they need and it's, it's, it's going to work out well. But these salon suites though, mm-hmm. I'm going to need that course ASAP. So listen, there's a course here. Uh, I don't know what discount is going to be, but use promo code socialproof and you will get some sort of discount, whatever's on Snoop's heart. 
okay, to give you all. But this is really, really dope, especially people who got a lot going on and you ain't got to use your own money. Exactly. You just, you're going to show you the game, all right? So, did you miss anything? Was you in a movie or something? Why do people always are like, you know, was you on a show in a movie? now? No. No? No. Nope. Am I confusing us, Mike? Maybe, I guess. <laughs> I think the only thing we miss is uh maybe it's... follow me on Instagram and who is Snoop. Oh, for sure. Maybe I'm maybe we've been manifesting you being in movies. I don't know. It needs to happen. That's how that works, right? Manifestation? Good. Okay. Um, yes. So one, I'm gonna uh we're gonna close it out. I gotta I gotta pay some bills, I got a quick commercial, then I'm gonna have I'm gonna ask one more question and then you close this out, okay? Sounds good. Good. This episode is sponsored by The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com, the only organization that gathers every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurs. Actually, you'd be dope in the morning meetup. Will you come on the morning meetup and teach my... What time? 8 a.m. I will do it one time. What's like? <laughs> do one? Well, you might as well join <laughs> now so you don't really miss wrong. the one you're on. What's like you normally get up? Uh, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Every day. Mm-hmm. What's like you go to bed? Mmm... One, two. Mm-hmm. Until this baby come now. I know, right? It's well, real. I'm looking forward to it, huh? <laughs> it's, a, it's a real thing. Yeah, it's always we're looking forward to it, and then it comes, you're like, I'm looking for you to grow up. Right. <laughs> okay. I look at my daughter, like, you need to grow up. You know what I mean? Go to sleep. You know what I mean? But uh, we actually have another one coming, so. Oh, but, congratulations. That's what's up. Thank you so much. But join right now, the morning meetup, so you don't miss the call that Snoop is going to be on. We only get one. We only get one, okay? It's 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, but go to the morning. We got a book club. It's really, really cool. And I bring all my friends, all my guests that have been on the podcast into the morning meetup. And actually, the people that are here, they if they're in Atlanta, they get a chance to just come to the recordings. So we just in here for free. Oh, no cost or anything. So um, go to themorningmeetup.com. Snoop, one question. I got to, then we'll wrap it up. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where do you see yourself accomplishing? And the reason I'm asking is because I want to ask the question now and have you answer it. And then I'm going to save this on YouTube. I'm not going to save it, but it'll be on YouTube. Five years from today, I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to say, yo, Snoop says you're going to do that five years ago. And look, she did it. All right. So five years from today, number one, um, I see myself having over 50 uh, restaurant escrow franchises, um, over 50 remedy franchises. Um, I see myself primarily focusing on developing real estate. Mm. Um, that's really, really what I want to put my time into um, is real estate development. Um, I see me and my wife having one or two kids. I already have a 22-year-old daughter. So um, helping her, she wants to own like a Smoothie King franchise or something like that. Maybe eventually an ESCO. But um, those are the main things that I see myself doing. And, you know, just being happy. You know, I just want to be happy. I don't want to be working a lot. And I got to have this oceanfront house. I love it. Oh, that's easy. Yeah.
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 